Hey, I'm Allie. And I'm Waylon. Welcome back to the Entrepreneurs Podcast, the podcast for and by female entrepreneurs hosted by the Entrepreneurs Network. Each week, we bring you stories of female founders and entrepreneurs around the world as we kickstart our entrepreneurial journeys together. Today, we are delighted to have on Doom, an Australian entrepreneur and marketing expert. After having spent the last 10 years working in digital marketing and e-commerce, from running the social media at Australia's largest and most successful online retailer, The Iconic, to working with huge global brands like Snapchat and IMG, she changed gears and started launching her own companies, a direct-to-consumer jewelry brand that exists to make millennial women all over the world sparkle bright, and Female Startup Club, an educational platform that provides insights, podcasts, and technical courses. Join us as we talk with Dune about how to embrace the third door approach and what it means to create a life you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Entrepreneurs Podcast. We are so excited to wait. Before we start, I want to make sure I pronounce your name correctly. I don't yeah, want to it's Dune. Dune? Okay, so perfect. It's like moon, but um, with a D. It's such it's a beautiful in- name. Oh, thank you. I, I actually really love my name. My um, it's a funny story. Well, it's not a funny story, but it's actually a, traditionally it's a surname from Scotland. Oh. So um, my grandmother's name was Lorna, and Lorna Dune is a very famous novel from I think maybe the eighteen hundreds. And my mum was going to call me after her mum, Lorna, and my grandma was like, "If you name her Lorna, I'll never speak to you again because I hate my name." So instead, she called me Dune. <laughs> Very fair. I love that. Oh my goodness. It's a, good it's a good story. I love a good name story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've I never mean, met another Dune. I've heard of some. I've like had people tell me that they've met another one, but I haven't haven't met one myself. Probably the best one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. I will start again. Perfect. Hello and welcome back to the Entrepreneurs Podcast. We are so excited and honored to have on Dune today. How are you doing? I'm so great. I'm sitting in my parents-in-law's house in Geneva. I'm usually based in London, but we're here for the summer. So really happy to be in Europe and having a great day. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, So before we get started, we'd love to ask all our podcast guests, what is something that excites you when you wake up in the morning? Um, Oh gosh, coffee. (laughs) I'm not a morning person. I I was telling you this before. The first thing I do is have a coffee, but actually what excites me in the morning is like small moments with my husband and my dog. We have a eight month old chihuahua puppy and she is just the absolute light of our lives. We get so much joy from her and we bring her into the bed every morning for a cuddle and we get so excited to see her every day. And it's just the absolute best thing that gets us excited about the morning. I love that I love that so much I have a small she's not that small anymore she's like 10 years old she's a poodle back home in Hong Kong um and she'll like sleep most of the day but just waking up and seeing her and petting her best thing ever (laughs) best thing ever I, I always say like and my husband and I both have the same feeling before we got her we got her in December and before we got her I really was someone who never felt content with life I was always striving for more and all that stuff is still the same I'm still striving for more etc etc but for me when we got the dog my like level of content 
and like fulfillment really changed. And I shifted to just being like so happy all the time in especially small moments. And even if you're having a really crappy day or something's gone wrong or, you know, you're just in a bad mood, it's actually still the best day ever because you have this little tiny bundle of love who just wants to sit on your lap and snuggle with you and give you kisses. And she's the best. She brings me so much joy. Do you think that's because like you are able to see it from like a different perspective? Because I know when people have kids, for example, they're like, you see the world from like a different perspective because it's like <laughs> reliving your childhood. I think honestly, it's kind of the same with dogs too. Like even on the worst days, like they're still like enjoying life to the fullest. They're still like excited <laughs> about the smallest of things. <laughs> I think it's definitely like, it changes your mindset and things around perspective of like, you're caring for this other tiny little being and you know that's what matters and that's what brings you joy it's actually not the materialistic stuff or it's not like you know just all about work it's about these other small things it really makes you appreciate small moments which I think everyone kind of learned more of during the pandemic like taking time for those small moments and you know figuring out what those small moments even were that bring you the joy I love that so much right because like apart from like you host the female startup club podcast which is absolutely fantastic and you're busy with so many different things so being able to like find these small moments and miss everything going on is so 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 impressive like were you always like this or did you like kind of have to take a step back and realize you needed like more balance what's been your situation with that um no I think I've always been pretty um fingers in a lot of pies doing a lot of different things trying a lot of different things you know, female startup club is very much the result of trying things that didn't work or, you know, trying, trying things that essentially failed and the evolution led me to female startup club. But I think everyone during the pandemic was forced to figure out like, maybe not balance because we're at home more and that kind of thing, but figuring out like how to take care of your mental health and how to kind of switch from just working and being really busy and all this kind of stuff to being like well really need to take care of ourselves at the moment where's the self-care and how's it coming to us kind of thing so I think I'm still someone who's very like active in doing different things and trying different things and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't but yeah the small moments and the small kind of like self-care things that you can do like at home really was amplified during the pandemic yeah, for sure. I think a lot of the businesses we talked about in season one and even in our season two upcoming, they always focus on how the pandemic was not only something that really changed their mindset, but also sometimes like changed their business for the better. I would love to bring your entrepreneurial journey. I know you have so much to talk about with Female Startup Club and I can't wait to get into that, but I would love to go all the way back to like where your entrepreneurial journey started. Where did you start seeing sparks of entrepreneurial spirits, whether that was like as a kid doing bake sales or, you know, in college um, doing a startup? Yeah, gosh, um, I think I've always been someone who hustled and not necessarily like entrepreneurial starting my own things and, for, you know, doing things for money, that kind of thing. But from a really young age, I was definitely working. I worked in like my local grocery store. On the weekends, I could think like fruit picking, like passion fruits at four in the morning, like stupid stuff, but um, that I <laughs> that I did not enjoy. Um, so I've always had that kind of hustle and 
work ethic to change my own circumstances. I came from a family that didn't have any money. Like my mom was quite poor. We were, we lived very, um, we lived a very unique lifestyle when I was really young. We lived in the middle of nowhere in the bush, which is like in nature, I guess. I think that's an Australian term. My husband told me I shouldn't say it, but (laughs) we lived in nature, uh, like on the side of a Creek and didn't have a lot basically. And so I've always kind of seen her hustle for the benefit of the two of us. I'm an only child. She was a single parent. Um, So I had that built into me. I think it was just like ingrained in me. So I've always tried things. I've always worked. Um, But when I finished college, like I dropped out of university and did went to like a, a college to do design and visual communications and things like that for a couple of years. And when I finished there, I really started taking kind of what's called the third door approach to finding jobs and opportunities. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the third door, the book? No, but go ahead and share with our audience. <laughs> so third door is this book by Alex. I can't actually say his last name. It's like Bayanan or Bayan something. And he basically goes <laughs> around the world and interviews people like Bill Gates and like really successful entrepreneur, Warren Buffett, like these kind of things. And the concept of the third door is like, the first door is you, so say there's a job application. The first door is you send your resume to the job application as per the instructions, as per the same as thousands of other people. The second door is, and like the analogy for that is like you're going to a nightclub or a bar on the weekend and you like line up with the rest of people to get in the front door kind of thing. That's the first door. The second door approach is, you know, someone. So you're going to the VIP line to get into the bar and Mm. you're shaking hands with someone to get in and then you've been kind of like invited or you know someone so the second door is someone connects you to someone in the HR team or something like that and the third door is the person who's like scrap all of that I'm going around the back and I'm going to break in the window or like into some tunnel and I'm going to find my own door in there and the third door for me is like the approach that I used to take in finding different opportunities that didn't necessarily exist and so two examples of this are The first one was I really wanted to work for like a magazine. That was like my goal kind of when I finished college. There wasn't really any magazines where I grew up in Brisbane or like this town that I was living in. Well, it's not even a town. It's a city (laughs) at this point. Brisbane is a city. Um, So there wasn't really any magazines there, but there was this kind of free publication at the time that went out with the, like the newspaper that was, I don't know if it was national or like in that state or whatever. And so I was like, great, I need experience there. How am I going to get a like internship or something? So I didn't know anyone there. I had no connections. And I basically found out who the editorial director was. And I went and bought a, um, like a herb plant of thyme, you know, the thyme herbs from the nursery, potted it in this like really cute little pot and put my portfolio kind of link um, on a business card and wrote, could I have a moment of your time? And then I was like, I kind of want to see inside this place and see, you know, what it looks like. I've never been into a magazine studio or whatever they're called. So like, I want to see. So I dressed up as a delivery driver and put on, you know, what I thought a delivery driver would wear, which was like huge oversized high-vis kind of shirt, my little Nikes and waltzed on in there. I was like, oh, I have a delivery for whatever her name was. Dropped it off. And of course I get a call back that afternoon being like, this is really cool. Of course you can have a moment of my time, like what's up kind of thing. And I was saying to her, you know, I really want an internship. I know you don't have anything available. 
And long story short, she was like, okay, we don't have anything available, but we can make one. And I got a 12 week internship from that. And so I was able to get some experience, understand what it was like in the industry, et cetera, et cetera. Another example of things that I would do at that time was like, I wanted this other job that was being um, like advertised and the application email was, yo, check this shit out at laundrycreative.com. And I knew where their office was because I used to run along the river where their office building was. And it was kind of like this huge glass building that faced out on a boardwalk and over the river. So like if you were in the office, it was 100% glass windows, right? And so I had at this point done some experience at another magazine. I'd done all their like copywriting, their layout, their design, like all this fun stuff. So I took a copy of that magazine and I pulled it apart and stuck it up all on my wall. And I painted on it, yo, check this shit out www.dunarachine.com and put my like URL there, painted it, put sequins, made it really, really fun. And I text my friend and I was like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to come and help me deface a building? So he was like, okay, all right. So at 3am we go down to this building and obviously I don't recommend doing this because it probably wasn't legal, but we stuck (laughs) it up as like a big poster essentially outside their window. So when they came in in the morning, there was this huge thing that said, yo, check this shit out, www.dunerachine.com. And it was my design portfolio. Of course, I got a call like straight away from the CEO. I even left a little note actually for the um, for the security guard being like, hey, this is a job application. Like, please don't take it down. <laughs> please leave it here. Like, and don't call the cops because <laughs> obviously they'll know who I am. <laughs> yeah. And um, I got a call from the CEO basically being like, this is incredible, like amazing. In the end, the job wasn't the right fit for me, for either of us. But um, I remember he like posted about it, made a really big deal. And so I think circling back to your original question, like I always had hustle in me to try things and to take action and try to be different in my approach to getting people's attention. Um, And I've always kind of wanted to do my own thing and wanted to start my own businesses, but I never, never necessarily knew what that was. And I didn't know what that looked like, but I was happy to get experience and try things until the evolution of figuring those things out. I have no words. You are such a queen. Oh my gosh. Like that is so (laughs) like a movie. I love it. Oh my goodness. Wow. Like that's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. So where do you think you got like the grit to do something like that? So I understand, obviously you said your mom was a big influence growing up in the bush. That was a big thing for sure. But where do you think this has obviously changed? I don't think you vandalize now. Maybe you do. You don't have to tell me right now. <laughs> um, but right now you got like that energy, that fire kind of take action in your day-to-day life now with female startup club and your designs and beyond. Where do you see that? How do you see yourself do things differently than other people? And where has that led you? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I've probably lost a bit of that, like that same uh, energy, if I'm honest. I, I probably don't do things as crazy. I'm probably a bit more like, <laughs> I don't have that same uh, fearless <laughs> approach. But I think now I really have this mindset of, and what propels me forward is I don't really worry about things like no's and rejections. I really mm-hmm. am someone who will cold outreach to anyone, whether that is like, you know, a super successful guy who like, you know, founder of masterclass, I would easily cold email that guy and expect a response or, you know, like anyone. And obviously for the show, obviously I cold email absolutely everyone. That's how it got started. So 
I really don't worry about people saying no to me. I really don't worry about following up. I'm someone that, you know, I first started emailing Ariana Huffington like a couple of years ago and she would forward my emails to her team and her team would come back to me and like, maybe it wasn't the right time, but I still follow up. Like now it's like every year I send an email, like on the same day being like, here's the updates of where we're at. Like she will be on female startup club at some point, but it is that relentless pursuit of not caring about whether people say no and just trying, just totally trying. And so maybe now talking about this kind of thing, I need to get a bit more creative in my approach. I used to do a lot of handwritten letters Yes, um, I love that. But I, I think love- you just, you don't know if they get to the right spot or not. So it's a yeah. tough one to do handwritten letters, I think. Um, you need to do something a bit more creative. <laughs> yeah, sure. Actually, I was interning uh, at a hedge fund in Zurich three years ago, and the founder of the hedge fund, his name is Guy Spear. He does this thing he wrote in his book where every Sunday he writes three handwritten thank you cards to someone. And I started doing that and it's been the most like life-changing thing ever. It's one thing to get a thank you message. Like, that's great. We appreciate that. But to get like, especially nowadays, a handwritten letter, like that's, that's priceless. It really, really is. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. And I think the art of like the written word on paper is also just so beautiful. Handwriting is such a, especially when you see people who have beautiful handwriting. Yeah. It's one of those things I actually really love. Handwriting. Yeah, for sure. There's a place really in Korea. People. Yeah. <laughs> my normal handwriting sucks but I I I used to love doing calligraphy um but there's a place in Korea that lets you actually handwrite a letter to yourself like a love letter to yourself and they'll store it for like years like you can put it in a separate box uh whether it's like a year two years 10 years and they'll send it back to you to an address and it's it's just the cutest thing ever yeah (laughs) it's really cool I actually did that recently, not recently, but like an event a few years ago that I was at had that kind of um, set up. You wrote a letter or it was a postcard. You wrote a postcard to yourself and they were going to send it to you. So I put a family member's address and a year later I, I received it and obviously I'd forgotten about it. And I was like, huh, that's so funny. That's so sweet. I know we did something like that with emails in school. You know what would be so cool? Sorry, side note, Waylon, what happens if we do like a, p- a pen pal thing within the Entrepreneurs Network? That would be so sweet. Yeah, that would be so cute. I love that. That is really cute. You definitely should do that. Yeah, wait, that's so sweet. I definitely want to do that. Receiving a handwritten note. My mom always talks about this like pen pal she met when she was like eight and she went to like the Bahamas in Toronto. And I don't know, it's just so funny. Um, But yeah, pen pals, that would be such a cute thing. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that would be really cool. Moving towards more of what you're doing right now, I would love to get into Female Startup Club, how the idea started and how you were able to like build it from the ground up. Yeah, definitely. Let me tell you about Female Startup Club. I'm obviously biased, but it is very, very cool what we're doing. Um, As I said before, you know, it really is a result of trying different things that weren't working and following those breadcrumbs lead me to what we now know as Female Startup Club. So a few years ago, I was building a tech platform with my now husband. And I remember sitting like on this tech panel. It was during tech week in London. And I was sitting against like sitting on a panel with people from like Airtasker and I don't know, some other like really cool, big funded startups. And we were talking about like the benefits of bringing headquarters from Australia to the UK and 
what the tax breaks are and like what the benefits are and like all this stuff. And I remember thinking to myself like very vividly that this was not (laughs) my vibe. And I was like, this isn't actually like how I want to be spending my days. And obviously when you're building a business or like what we were talking about building a podcast, you have to enjoy the journey. You can't just be looking towards just the goal because if you don't enjoy your day to day, you've actually kind of lost. And so I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. This isn't, I'm not like, And I don't necessarily believe that you have to do things that you're passionate about because I actually think you don't need to do things that you're passionate about. You can just do things that you know that you're uniquely positioned to do and like you enjoy the journey and that's great. Um, So I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. And I wanted to do something in e-commerce knowing that my background was, I'd worked in e-commerce, you know, for years prior. I I knew the space really well. Um, And I'm also someone that just loves product-based businesses and I love good packaging and all that kind of stuff. Whereas software, you know, was, it's just an online thing, right? So I set out to start an e-commerce brand and I started a direct-to-consumer sparkly, fun jewelry brand called Kinks. And it was really cool. Like it took us to China, or it took us to Thailand, it took us to Indonesia. We moved to Bali for six months to move our production there. We went to Paris Fashion Week. Like we did a bunch of cool things and the brand was super, super cute. But I realized kind of early on that for me, I'd probably chosen the wrong product. So I was really interested in the building the business side and, you know, the marketing and, and how what it takes to build an e-commerce product. But I was less interested in the like creative part of constantly recreating newness, new collections, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of had this thought really early, not really early on, but quite, quite soon that it wasn't something I could see myself doing for a long time. And I didn't see what the, like the exit plan was. I, I didn't see like what the vision could be for that kind of brand. Um, and so around that same time, I was having a lot of conversations with my girlfriends around their businesses. I'm, you know, lucky to be surrounded by successful female founders who were doing really cool things or who are doing really cool things. So I was having a lot of these conversations and being privy to information that was like really valuable to me, whether they were in the tech space or whether they were in e-commerce. And I was thinking to myself, like, this is so cool. Like I should be sharing these like conversations on social media because other people would really value this. And at the same time, I was also reading this book called Tools of the Titans by Tim Ferriss. And if you haven't read it, you absolutely should. It's great. It's really big. And kind of like the way that the book is structured is that you can open it from any part kind of thing. It's broken into three sections. And he interviews people who are billionaires, high performers, you know, athletes, that kind of thing to find out like what their habits are that make them successful, what makes them productive, all that kind of thing. And the book is so cool. But I was like, where are the women in here? And like the book is cool because men take this really direct, no bullshit approach to just being like, this is how we do it. This is what the goal is. This is how we get from A to B. There's no fluff to it. There's no believe in yourself. There's no, none of this kind of thing. And I was like, I want to hear more of this vibe, but from women that I can relate to because I can't relate to these people the same way. And so I think I looked it up actually. And the book has like, it's either 10 women or 10% of women. And it's like a huge book. So when all these things were happening, I was like, this is really cool. Maybe I could start, you know, being that voice and like understanding like this perspective, but from women who are really successful. And so I started publishing these videos on Instagram that were like 20 minutes long from, um, you know, friends in my network and friends of friends in their network and 
you know, just asking people like, do you know someone that would be great for me to speak to? And then basically watching a 20 minute Instagram reel, or what are they called? Instagram, IGTVs. No one wants to do that. That, that sucks. And so my husband was like, oh, you should just start. A, I think it was my husband. He was like, you should start a podcast. And yeah, that's basically how it was born. A few, like a year before that, I'd bought like a bunch of domains, like LA Startup Club, Paris Startup Club, San Fran Startup Club, Brisbane Startup Club. And mm-hmm. one of them was Female Startup Club. And I was like, well, that name kind of works. Like maybe I'll just use that. And so that's where it kind of all started. And then I was really taking things quite slow and quite easy. And then after the pandemic hit and everything moved online, I was like, well, now I can really do this at scale. I have no excuse. And I just went like all in on it. And yeah, in 12 months, it's become what you see today. We've done 190 episodes. I think at this point, we have a community of so many brilliant founders, entrepreneurs, business owners uh, who tune in three times a week. We just launched our private network called the Hype Club, which is for women who are building indie CPG brands um, to come and network and get mentored by women from the show and all this kind of thing. We have a book coming out, which is very same style as Tools of Titans. Um, and yeah, lots lots on the go. And I'm building my own CPG uh, brand Amazing. now too <laughs> from all the learnings that I've had. Wow, 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 wow. I'm so impressed and I'm so inspired by your journey. And I really appreciate how you said it's like the long run. I think with a lot of these startups, sometimes we see we see these like crazy startups go a billion dollars overnight, unicorn crazy. And in reality, that's not how it is. From pretty much 99.999% of all the wonderful unicorns and everything you see, you're just a general great successful company or entrepreneur or whatever it's years and years over time and it's been festering both like that entrepreneurial spirit as you mentioned that like entrepreneurial spirit that grit that you had since you were a kid but also just like for a project it's not something that just happens overnight like this idea of the entrepreneurs podcast the entrepreneurs network that will and i started like this festered like since high school this was like a while ago and like it's really when it comes like it doesn't happen overnight and i really appreciate that you acknowledge that and you don't be like yeah like it's just so easy like it just happens like no it's not and it it puts a lot of work behind that um so looking forward, I'm so excited about all the opportunities and things that are going on. But if you were to give yourself like one piece of advice looking backwards, what would that be? If you were in our place right now, what would you advise yourself? Uh, definitely just take action on all of things. Try things like if it doesn't work, figure out what the next thing is. Sort of take those actions, set yourself goals. I think goal setting is really, really important. Anytime I set myself a big goal, like it's just chipping away and figuring out what the steps are to get to that goal. Um, so yeah, taking action for sure. Start the ideas that you have, reach out to people who know better than you, get help, get advice, iterate the idea, pivot the idea, but just keep following those breadcrumbs and take the action, set goals and yeah, move forward. I love that so much. I think it's so important to keep in mind, like you just have to start, but also you have to dream big. I think a lot of female entrepreneurs, they tend to be quite realistic with everything, especially with like the statistics that you see coming out about female startups. I think a lot of my friends in college, when I'm like, oh, like I'm starting a startup, they're like, oh, like don't dream too big. Like it might not go anywhere. Like it's really hard to, you know, like very little women, 
uh, female-led startups like make it past like a million in fundraising. Um, and so I definitely think like dream big and then chip away slowly and things will come for sure. Um, I would love, yeah, I would love to hear more about like what are some exciting things that are happening for the female startup club um, and also kind of like what are some of your big goals? Yeah, so the book is coming out probably more likely October, November, which is very, very exciting. It's 50 of our favorite episodes from the show drilled down into stories with key takeaways and things like that. It's really like a modern um, modern entrepreneur's guidebook or something like that, where you can pick up at any page, dive in, get a dose of inspiration, but also some tactical learnings that you can implement into your own business. It's also something that can be for someone who has their own business or is just interested in entrepreneurship. It's not so high level that it doesn't make sense. It's kind of like a business book that's more fun, basically. So that's been really cool. We've been working on this for a long time. I'm very excited for this to come out and, you know, see what that's like out in the world. It will be Female Startup Club's first product. We have merch on the way. I love merch. I'm such a merch girl. Um, so I'm super excited for that stuff to come out too. But for my goals, what are my goals? Um, you know, I've really spent the last year listening and learning from these women who are so brilliant. And that's very, that's been a really big part of the new CPG brand that I've been developing alongside my husband and our business partner. So we were looking at white space and we were looking for gaps to basically take our ideas and, and figure out what we were going to do. Obviously we have experience in e-commerce. Um, I've learned a lot and my husband owns a performance marketing agency. So we have like a, a great skill set to be able to do this ourselves. So we started developing a non-alcoholic wine company at the start of the year. It's about five months into R and D at the moment. And it's going really well. We think we're, we're close to, we're close to a final product that we'll be bringing to market. It's premium. It's better than anything that's on the market at the moment. Our business partner is a master sommelier. He's at the top of his field and he is, you know, incredibly um, smart and incredibly connected in the wine world. So it's a really exciting project for us. And our goal is very much to build this business to sell we're being very open about the journey and being transparent. And especially as a woman, I think we're told to build brands that we're passionate about and we're told to, you know, be, I think we're told to be like a little less forward about the fact that we should have those kind of goals of building yeah. a brand for life-changing money. So we're being yeah. very open about that, very vocal that that's the goal. It's definitely not tied to our, you know, my personal identity, nothing like that. Um, and so that's our kind of, big goals for the next, you know, five years, I guess you would say. Um, and we're going to be documenting that whole journey very publicly on Female Startup Club as well. So taking a, you know, a note out of Alex Bloomberg's startup podcast Bible, we're going to be uh, kind of oh. sharing all the ins and outs of this journey right through to an exit, hopefully uh, in a couple of years time. So that's kind of our big goal outside of Female Startup Club. That is so amazing. So, 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 so amazing. My goodness. As we begin to wrap up the podcast, we'd love to ask you a few questions we'd like to ask to all our guests. Um, the first one is, what is something that you're grateful for today? 
what am I grateful for today? Well, actually, my beautiful godson just started walking. I just this morning received a video of his first steps. And yeah, I'm just so grateful that um, I get to witness this new little person growing into a human that's got all this, you know, life ahead of him. And it's just been so amazing to watch him kind of being raised by my best friend who's, you know, and her husband, uh, who is just, you know, she's amazing and she's so special. So I'm really grateful for, for him and, and for her. I love that so much. And that kind of like wraps up to the beginning of the podcast where we said like looking at things from like a different perspective too. I think it's so true. Um, what is something that you love about yourself today? What do I love about myself today? Hmm. That is a tough question. I think I just love my like outlook on life. I'm a very optimistic person. I wake up every day happy. I wake up every day like ready to do stuff. I feel like I'm rarely in a bad mood. And if there's a problem, I just figure out how to solve it and move forward. So I definitely love that about myself. That's awesome. And just to finish us off, what does being an entrepreneur mean to you? Being an entrepreneur means to me just having the freedom to design the lifestyle that I want to have. So I've always been someone that really struggled following the guidelines when you've been working for more of a traditional company. I'm someone that didn't love having to be somewhere on a certain time or commuting or, you know, just the things that come with working in a corporate environment. So definitely it means to me just having more freedom, more choice, um, and having a more fulfilled life. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. This has been an absolute dream for me. Um, if anyone is me, absolutely. If anyone is hearing about female startup club, following your journey, getting in touch, where can they find you and all your amazing work? Yeah, so on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, I'm all the same. It's at Dunaroshin, which is D-O-O-N-E-R-O-I-S-I-N. For Female Startup Club, it's the same. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us on Instagram. Um, you can find us on LinkedIn at Female Startup Club, all one word. See, that's another good thing about having a name like no one does. You have one name. You don't have to change it ever for anything, for any yeah. username. You are a handle. You, you, you're so good. That's so yeah, good. Yeah, I, I get to have the same URL everywhere, which is fab. <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. Well, thank you so much. And hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much. This is awesome. I'm really um, honored to be part of the show. And I'm so excited to see what you guys have to come. Yeah, we'd love, and again, seriously, we're just huge, huge, huge fans of your podcast and any way we can get involved and help out, especially from the college angle, we'd love to help share and promote um, in the capacity that we're able to do so. That's amazing. Thank you. When does this episode come out? Um, we're kind yeah, of so backlogged, we, <laughs> but we'll probably have it out like within like, the next three to four weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll let you know like two or three days before we release it and we'll send you like the audio clip as well as like the graphics that we're planning to use and you can just look it over and make sure it's all good. Um, but yeah, we'll be in touch with like when it's coming out.
Perfect. Amazing. Well, it's so nice to meet you guys. Please keep in touch. And I'm excited to see what's next for you both. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. That wraps it up for today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you learned a lot about Dune and how you can always take charge of your own entrepreneurial journey and start something new. Check out our past episodes and look out for our upcoming episodes featuring inspiring female entrepreneurs through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this podcast now. To stay updated and involved, join the Entrepreneurs Podcast community on our Instagram and LinkedIn and get in touch with us to share your very own entrepreneurial journey.